Welcome to Letters to Women, a podcast that explores the feminine genius. Each episode, I sit across the podcast microphone with different women and ask them about how they live out the feminine genius in their ordinary daily lives as Catholic women. My senior year of college was an awful year for self-care. Sometimes I would go 12 plus hours without eating. I had awful body image issues. I was really struggling with self-esteem and there were a lot of nights that I went to bed way after midnight. I overcommitted to things in an attempt to enjoy every last minute of my year at college and my crazy schedule showed it. Then my health took a turn for the worst and I lost somewhere between 10 and 15 pounds, mostly from stress and awful health habits. But you know, I don't think I'm alone in the struggle for self-care. I visited with so many friends who admit that caring for themselves is not a very high priority on the to-do list. As women, we can be really good at taking care of others and investing in them, and that is beautiful. But that isn't always the case when it comes to taking care of and investing in ourselves. So maybe you, like me, have a self-care problem. So how do we get better at self-care? The answer is going to be a little bit unexpected, but I think that fertility awareness is one of the best self-care habits that women can form. And it's a solution that I can personally attest to in my own story. By tracking signs of my fertility, I was able to see areas and causes of stress and how it was affecting my body. I started charting my fertility with Creighton when Joseph and I were engaged. The stress that I was going through because I spread myself too thin by being involved in everything during school and finishing a senior thesis, I was seeing that it was causing longer and delayed cycles. Does any of this sound familiar to your story? In today's episode, we're talking about the science and the theology behind fertility awareness and why it is good to know how your body works and why your fertility is not a burden. If you have ever wanted to learn more about the how and the why behind fertility awareness, this letter is for you. We're welcoming to the podcast Bridget Busicker. She is the founder of Managing Your Fertility. She is passionate about women's health and sex education that promotes the dignity of the human person and integrates a holistic approach to self-knowledge of the body. I am so excited for a conversation with her tonight about fertility awareness, different methods and options that women have when it comes to tracking their fertility, and the incredible wealth of information that managing your fertility is. Bridget, welcome to the show. It's so good to have you on. Thank you so much for having me, Chloe. I'm excited to be here. So in today's episode, we're going to take a deep dive into the how and the why of managing your fertility as a woman. But first, before we start into that conversation, Bridget, can you share about your story as a Catholic woman? I was raised Catholic, and I'm the oldest of four kids. Um, But in high school, I would say that was really that time when I was grappling a lot with my faith. And I really felt this pull to go deeper, but I also was definitely afraid to do that because I didn't want to lose the friends, the comfort that I knew in that time. And so um, it was really that end of end of high school transition into college where my faith really grew a lot. And I had um, a deep encounter and confession and just knew that I wanted God and I wanted to be all in. So I really took um, college as this new starting point of seeing what that would look like and what, what that would be for me and got involved with St. Paul's Outreach, um, which is a campus ministry and it's on different college campuses nationally. And it really just helped me to meet with other women and grow and just explore my faith, but also just explore my identity as a daughter of God and just what the feminine genius actually meant, because I really didn't have a good understanding of that. And then um, my husband and I met in high school and started dating in college, and we both actually really dove into the Catholic faith. He actually joined the church in his junior year of college after a lot of searching and attending different churches and different denominations. 
And it was through his experience and his searching that really helped me to solidify what I wanted and what I was looking for. And he asked me really great questions that definitely um, stumped me and challenged me, but pushed me to desire having God in the center of my life, but also in the center of our relationship. And we've now been married three years and we're expecting our rainbow baby, a baby girl in February. So just um, coming up really quickly. And we are a part of a lay movement called the Catholic Advance, which is based out of Peru and has a couple different um, groups here in the United States and a really good church and just so blessed with so many great people in our lives who are just surrounding us, guiding us, helping us. And just it's amazing to look back and see the the way in which God weaves our stories and just how he um, just connected like the women in my life and my husband and just seeing that and that surrender and when it was so, so hard, how he was a part of it and just um, helped me to better understand what trust looks like. And it's obviously still a learning process. It's not like I've got it down now, but um, just to see that all come together has just been really beautiful and, and to reflect on a lot more. I love how you and when you were dating, but now your husband grew together in his in his search for the faith and for I I know as like cradle Catholic it's easy to take a lot of things for granted like that's just how it is that's we've always done it this way and to have really good questions just push you both in your faith is really beautiful it was huge it, it was total um surrender for me and just like recognizing okay my pride has to get out of the way because I don't know some of these answers but also really really pushing me yeah to look and see like gosh why do I believe this or like what am I saying in the creed or like why why do we pray for the sanctity of human life and what does that mean in our petitions at mass and like so many good things that came came out of that that really forced me to look at it straight on instead of just gliding through so bridget i first interacted with you or found out about your story because of your website managing your fertility you're the founder and creator of this incredible website resource for those who are just wanting to know more about their body how their fertility works when did you know more on a personal level of your own story that you wanted to learn more about your own cycle and your fertility as a woman? I think it first started for me growing up, um, especially in that time when my cycle was starting. My parents both practiced NFP, and my mom was very supportive and helpful in explaining my cycle and, and physiology from a young age. But I think when I really started to embrace my fertility in my body, um, was when my cycle started and I started to see the pieces coming together in a much more holistic manner. And I think with my mom's support and just talking so openly about how my body was working and biomarkers and um, not being uncomfortable or afraid to talk about these things really pushed me to see my cycle not so much as, okay, here are ways um, that, you know, you shouldn't have sex or you how you could get pregnant or barrier methods as much as it was, how is my body working? How am I feeling today? what's going on? What does my cycle tell me? Um, you know, why, why am I having cervical mucus? Like, what is, what does that mean? What does it look like? So I think that foundation really helped, um, helped me to understand and know the signs and symptoms of my body in a much more open way. And I was okay to talk about it. And then in college, fertility apps were really popping up. Kendara was a really big one. It was leading the way. And it was really innovative in healthcare. It was popping up in a lot of uh, news and media outlets and seeing it talked about in this positive light with fertility awareness and charting. And so at that point, I don't think I really made the connection that NFP was the same thing as fertility awareness, like sort of was there, but not completely. And so I actually started charting just because I was interested to see like, oh, cool, here's an app that I can chart 
Um, I knew my mom had paper charts and she was like, you should totally try it and see what it's like. And I ended up texting some girlfriends and I was like, Hey, you all should, you all should do this with me and like join me in, in charting. And I think through that process, we were really empowered by it, but I think it also gave us a reason to talk about our bodies. And it wasn't this, you know, otherwise, how are you going to bring up like, Oh, my period's weird. Or like, Oh, I'm noticing I have like a lot of cramps and it seems abnormal, but because we were all openly talking about our cycles and charting and learning together, it really created this space that we could text each other or ask questions. And it wasn't like, what the heck, this is so out of the blue. Um, and I think because we weren't using it as a tool to avoid or achieve pregnancy, really using it as a tool to learn our bodies and figure out what questions we had, if we were going to the doctor, it really, I think helped to feel encouraged by each other, but then also empowered to know, okay, I actually have information and resources. If like really something seems off or, that gut check, you know, this isn't making sense. Um, Cause obviously we weren't working with instructors or any um, practitioners um, within the NFP world. So it was very much just like getting a sense for it. But I think through those two experiences that really helped me to be open to it and to realize the benefit in it and seeing um, just those, those points in my cycle, especially in college, like how stress affected my body. Um, if I wasn't sleeping well, how I would notice, you know, hormonal acne, or I was noticing that my cycle was really challenging or that it may have been off. So just those little things I was able to pick up on in a much more, um, a much more understandable way than just thinking like, gosh, why am I cranky again? Oh, my period started. Or like, oh, why am I noticing more acne? Oh, my period starting. It wasn't surprised every month. And it's just funny how I think as women, we can still be surprised by our periods or surprised by the reactions that our body may have because it's so different for every person. And I think with charting, it allows you to be a little less surprised and more intuitive and, and gentle with yourself too in recognizing, okay, my cycle's coming. I tend to get really tired. You know what? I need a little more rest or I need to do something that really helps me feel a little bit better as this happens. Yeah. I think it's easy to think of fertility awareness as something that we only have to think of as women when it comes time to go through marriage prep. And what I really love about your story is how it really speaks into how knowing how our body works when it comes to our cycle and knowing that that's good, that that's how our body's created is such a healthy way to approach sex education. How do you see fertility awareness, especially I think most of us women have been having cycles since we were in between 10 and 15 years old. How do you see fertility and awareness pairing with sex education? How do you, how do you see those two intersecting? That's a great question. It's something I, I've definitely had conversations with recently um, because I've been looking more and more to see like, where does this fit in into that storyline for young women? I think, um, I think if we were more open in teaching sex education from a standpoint that's more holistic for young girls and starting not so much with um, here's the high overview. However, like, you know, this is how you get pregnant, avoid pregnancy, avoid babies, either don't have sex or, or use condoms or use a form of birth control. I think slowing that storyline down a little bit and really helping to build the story, like, why does it matter to know your body and, and what does that look like? And I think actually starting that education a little bit younger. And I know, I know this can be a, a touch point for, um, a lot of schools, uh, especially if, if it's private education, you know, is this really the role of the school? Is this the role of the parent? But I think if you're starting from a fertility awareness uh, perspective in that worldview, you're not automatically jumping into um, the aspects of sex and pregnancy so quickly, which I think is where a lot of times parents are a little more uncomfortable or may want to have much more say in how is it being talked about and presented and knowing your child and like what is appropriate for them to understand too. I think um, 
really taking that time to slow the storyline down a little bit and sitting with young girls and walking them through how their body works and, and not just like in a one-time workshop, but starting that conversation and continuing it over the years as they go. Because I think that was from a personal note, that was huge for me that it wasn't just this one time my mom talked about it. It was a continual conversation. So I think helping women to be encouraged and to feel that they are comfortable and confident in having conversations with their daughters about this is really critical. But then also um, making sure that the language is appropriate for the for their ages too, that it makes sense it's not going over their heads or they're not just finding it all to be very um, metaphorical. You know, I think a lot of times we'll have like the, the flower analogy, which is not a bad thing. I think there's there, there can be a lot said there theologically and like the storyline that's built. But I think when you're 12 and you hear that, you know, you're like a flower, it's not really clicking for you. It did not click for me. And it was something that I, I just didn't really grasp the concept as well as if I think it was much more direct and that it, it, it continued on, um, in my education. Um, and I think that is a, cha- it's just a challenge because I think some parents are nervous that, you know, if you, if you teach, specifics of of charting you know what if their child decides to to implement that or use that and I think that's where it's really important to have the science and the theology and telling the storyline of the sexual revolution and how does that impact where we are now what why is fertility awareness important why does the catholic church not support or promote birth control and I'm speaking a little bit more specifically from like the private education perspective or catholic education but I think that's where we have this rich teaching in the catholic church of natural family planning it's so important, I think, for us to share that in age-appropriate ways at younger ages to really be able to build that story and to help women understand, like, your your body is so much more and your reproductive health is really important from a scientific level and for caring for yourself, but also on a theological level. And making that connection much sooner, I think, helps young people understand the value and the dignity of their bodies more so than, I think, trying to just separate um, babies and sex and birth control and, and doing these units that are really kind of scattered. And, you know, I know in most Catholic education, they're not going to be talking about those topics or it's, it's very dependent um, on the program that they choose or the instructors that they have come in or who are currently hired. So I think having some, some type of baseline for everybody to work from too, I think is really critical and really important in the conversation and what this looks like. So parents are comfortable with what's being taught, but then they also know how can I continue teaching this at home as the primary educators of their children. That's a really important part too. I think I take it for granted that fertility awareness was kind of the air that I breathed growing up because my my mom also charted. So I was used to seeing the Creighton chart by the bathroom counter. It was something that was a very much a part of our regular conversation with me, myself and my mom when I was growing up. But then to think about approaching this holistically, you know, I think about how I, I learned about my, my digestive system or any other system of my body. And then how it's so fascinating that in, in a lot of sex education programs that I've seen, it almost takes the reproductive system and says, you know, that, you know, that's different. Like, wait a second, that's, that's a system too, that's in our body. And so it's almost separ- mm-hmm. separated instead of being treated as no, that's, how, that's how your body works. That's what it is. And so I think it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, combining those. I love the science and the theology in, in an ideal world. Those would be presented both both together because of the dignity of the human body, especially when it comes to the theology of it, but just re- recognizing that it, it, this isn't something that's that's bad or weird, especially with all the taboo that's around a, a woman and her fertility. I think this would really dismantle a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. And I think it's so awesome that you're, you and your mom had conversations growing up too, because it makes 
it makes such a difference and it normalizes it so much more that you're not as perplexed or astounded by your body too. You're just much more comfortable in it. And I think that helps. I think that helps in the advocacy of knowing um, what to ask when you're at the doctor or, you know, even within the realm of dating to know like, no, my body is sacred. Like I know how this works. Like, you know, standing up for yourself. I think if you're in a compromising situation or you're struggling or whatever that might be, I think it really does help to, empower women so much more and I think there's so much more to be said in that realm too mm-hmm. but I think it's just important to recognize like the value that it has it's like you're saying it's it's integral to understanding how our body works it's not just this separation all of a sudden that happens and it's something completely different and we have to be really weird about it or make it this taboo topic it's like no this is this is integral especially for a woman to understand her cycle and how it impacts other aspects of her body and her hormones and how she's feeling and mood and, um, you know, why you may have headaches or not. Like there's just so many different factors that we're missing otherwise, if we don't make it so much more integral into our understanding and our education. You founded this website, managing your fertility. And I love how it's described as a one-stop shop for fertility awareness. And and you break down different methods of fertility awareness and provide a, a lot of helpful resources and links and, and things like that. Where did the inspiration come for creating the website Managing Your Fertility? So the inspiration came from my own experience when um, my then fiance, now husband David and I were looking at and comparing different methods. Um, We were in marriage prep and we were on board with NFP. So we're like, okay, let's find the method that works best for us. And I think at that point I was realizing like, and and seeing the connection um, with uh, natural family planning and the theology and the science, but it took a lot longer than I wished it had had. And I wish that connection had been made sooner. Um, so as we were looking through it, um, David being a convert was not super familiar with fertility awareness and charting an NFP and just knew it as this, this phrase, but you know, the efficacy data wasn't super strong from the CDC, which they recently updated this year, which is huge. Um, and so he was looking at all the research and realizing like, okay, this actually makes sense. Like the science is real with this. The efficacy data is strong. And from my perspective, you know, it was like, yeah, I I assumed it was, but then also like, here's what the church teaches. So we were on board with this, but really did a deep dive into it. And in the process of that, trying to find the method that worked for us and what we thought would be the best um, to start with in our marriage, we couldn't find it. I mean, it was just like opening up a million tabs, looking through all these different websites, trying to figure out, okay, I'm coming up on different resources, online education, in-person training, but how do I know which one is the best fit for our lifestyle and what we're thinking of? Like how many different methods are there? Are they categorized? So it took a lot of digging. And I think through that frustration, um, I was really um, recognizing the passion that I had for fertility awareness. And I think it had always been there. And I think part of that, you know, stemmed from growing up with a mom who was super, pro-education about fertility awareness and having me chart, encouraging me to chart in college and doing that with my girlfriends. And then um, seeing seeing the importance of it and wanting to continue that, I was just like, okay, where's the foundational information so that I can find what I need? And, and that passion really stemmed from all those questions coming up um, in our marriage prep. And so um, through, that, through that whole process, um, the idea of creating a one-stop shop really kept coming up. And I was looking and I wasn't finding something similar to this idea and asking friends about it and asking some individuals who are in ministry and leadership to see like, am I missing it? Is this not exist? And realizing that there wasn't anything um, like it, I really felt 
um, called and compelled to just take this frustration and say, okay, Lord, like, how can I use this for good and not just sit in this or like blow it off? But, you know, the Catholic Church desires this for married couples and, and using NFP, but I also have seen the benefit for women in using um, fertility awareness charting. Um, and I think just in all of that, it was like, I'm going to go with this. And so actually proposed this idea for the given form in 2016 was accepted. And then over the course of two years, I've worked with practitioners and users to develop the website and develop the content to be what it is today. It's so needed. I, I think back on Joseph and I's story. I remember how this distinct memory of sitting in the basement of the guy's SPO house where Joseph was living for the summer. And same thing. He, he'd he heard NFP kind of as a buzz term, buzzword Catholic term, especially on college campuses, and wanted to know what the church, why the church taught this. And think, thinking like, this will be easy. I'll just pull up a quick Google search and we'll just knock this out in, in like a couple of minutes. Like that'll just, it'll just be... <laughs> not true. Um, <laughs> as you are, very, as you're very well aware. Um, it, yes, it turned into hours and hours. And I, I thought there's gotta be something out there. 12 tabs later there real, no, there's seriously is nothing. And so I, if anything, like, I just wish that this, that this had come along sooner so that I sitting on that couch that, that night, that summer night, just thinking, Oh, I'm, this is going to take forever. This is, this needs an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> Yes, we totally pitched that idea. Like, how do we keep track of this? What should we do? And David was like, look, I'm on at Excel. And I was like, you're the engineer. Yes, I was going <laughs> to say, that, that is uh, what my engineer now husband did, exactly did. But it's so true, though, because I think I, I grew up in a house where fertility awareness was common. It was a household conversation. But my mom used Creighton as a, as a method. And when I was doing research, that was one of the first times that I think I ever realized, oh, my gosh that's only one. There's so many options. And that's what I assumed we do. We ended up using Creighton because it did fit with our lifestyle. And, and it, we, we loved the NAPRO technology side of things, um, which has really come in handy in our marriage and, and fertility journey. But but there's so many out there. So for, for women who are listening, they're like, wait, what are you talking about? What do you mean? <laughs> I, I thought this was just not about fertility awareness, not like all these different, what do you mean all these different kinds of methods? Can you just give us a bird's eye view if someone was to look into uh, fertility awareness, what the different methods are and what makes them distinct from the other? Yeah. So let me just set the framework a little bit because we're going back and forth between like science and theology to help explain this because this was the piece, all these pieces really, where I was like, this is not connecting and giving me the overview that I need because there are a lot of different methods and, and just different applications in the ways in which you can learn it. So the Catholic Church teaches that natural family planning is safe and effective for use by married couples to avoid or achieve pregnancy and obviously involving prayer and discernment in this process. So leaving room for God in your marriage and in your sex life to help you to really love each other in a holistic, fruitful, um, total manner. So from a theological perspective, NFP is about that openness to your spouse, to the gift of life that, that may come about through sex. So I always think of bonding and babies and, mm -hmm. that, and that phrase that comes to mind for me. Um, but I think it's really important, and we have to remember that with with this, the Catholic Church is, is not anti-science, and it, it never has been. Faith and science work together and have to work together, I think, for us to to understand this and really to live in full freedom and to understand what is our human dignity and sexuality teach us, especially in marriage. So the Catholic Church didn't make up NFP. It just created the term in order to embrace the theological teachings along with the scientific methodology. So natural family planning is a fertility awareness-based method. Um, you might see the acronym FABM. And it's a way to track fertile and infertile times during the reproductive cycle. 
and it's based on the daily observation. So temperature, cervical mucus, and hormonal changes are three different ways to do that, and it fluctuates within each cycle. So during fertile times, the Catholic Church teaches to abstain um, in order to avoid pregnancy. And so barrier methods are not a part of church teaching. They're also not a part of the fertility awareness-based methodology. Um, and this is actually uh, part of the reason, too, from a, from a scientific mindset with barrier methods, and with using a fertility awareness method, which incorporates a barrier method, so, you know, condoms or um, patch pills, something like that, um, you have issues with um, high rates of user error. And user error could mean that the individuals didn't chart correctly, um, the barrier method failed, or um, something happened with with it that caused a pregnancy. And so it's unclear what may have caused the you know, you may often see in the research, like, unintended result, which is a pregnancy. So I don't mean to make that sound super scientific and that pregnancy is a, a bad thing and children are just stats, but I think it just helps understand that framework for the science behind it and then how the church incorporates that theological teaching. So with the fertility awareness-based methods and practicing abstinence during those times of fertility, if you are choosing to abstain um, from getting pregnant, there are three different types of methods for uh, women and couples to choose from. There's the symptothermal method, and this method is based on the observations of cervical fluid, basal body temperature, so your waking temperature, and then biological signs, so maybe changes in your cervix. You don't have to do uh, the biological sign of the change in the cervix, but that's an option as another checkpoint. Um, there's mucus only, and this method teaches users how to observe the biomarkers during the phases of the menstrual cycle, so you're specifically looking at observing and charting changes in the color and the consistency of the cervical mucus for that biomarker. And then with hormonal only, the hormonal only method is actually detecting production of key fertility hormones with the daily at-home urine test. And it uses an electronic fertility monitor to cross-check that with daily cervical mucus observations and then um, the LH hormone searches as well. So those are the three different types of methods available. And then you often pick that based on you know lifestyle and what seems to make the most sense. But then there are different ways um, to learn those methods, there are a lot of different options available online with in-class and online trainings available through different different resources and websites. So there's just so much freedom, not only for women and the lifestyle that they're living, but also for just different seasons of life. I remember when we were when we were postpartum with baby Maeve, we Joseph and I discerned: is this a time that we need to look into hormonal-based uh, fertility awareness? Do we need to look into Marquette, which is one of those those options? Is is this going to be helpful? And we ultimately ended up staying with Creighton because we have a fantastic teacher who helped us work through as an instructor, help us work through what, what in the world our chart was doing postpartum, but there's just such a freedom in it. There is a a way to learn about your fertility that can fit with your lifestyle, that can fit with your budget, especially because I know sometimes that's something that women say, like, oh, I I can't learn it. It's too expensive. Like even those, those things that could come up that could keep you from learning more about your body, that there's answers for that too. Mm-hmm. Totally. It is. And like you said, it's really freeing because it doesn't mean that you're stuck with one thing. And then if you've tried it and you're like, wow, this really isn't working. Okay, well, this is it. There isn't as much, I think, of the frustration as far as, as options available. And obviously, you know, everyone can go through seasons where they, there are frustrating seasons with NFP. But I think to know that there are options available and there are different ways in which you can receive the education and the information is really helpful, too, so that you don't find that, you know, you may be in an area where there's no instructor available, like, to have that online component is huge that some methods um, offer. And just to be able to have that, to know that you anybody can do this, you aren't alone in it, and you don't have to live in a certain area to be able to tap into it as a resource is huge. 
you know, you mentioned this earlier on in our conversation. I'd love to, to dig into it a little bit deeper. Sometimes when women have learned about their fertility through these different methods and they go into their OB office, they can end up in a, in a tricky situation or, or a rough conversation. I've been incredibly blessed to have an OB who is very respectful of my choice to use Creighton and who is in fact, who's NAPRO trained himself. And so he knows how to read my Creighton chart, but I know a lot of women who have the opposite of experience. They go in there asked about how, questions about why they're not on birth control, or they feel like they have to prove the effectiveness of the method that they've chosen to a nurse or a doctor. And there's so many women who shared with me about going into a doctor's office. Maybe they have a concern about their fertility, about their cycle, only to be told that, that all they really need to do is go on the pill or go on some form of hormonal birth control. You know, when it comes to those, when it comes to those kind of conversations, do you have advice for women who feel like they have to defend their choice um, to use fertility awareness based methods to their physician? It's such a hard position to be in as a woman going to a doctor, really hoping that she can see this person and know, okay, I can trust this person. They're going to give me good medical advice. And then to find that you have to be bringing in research or feel that you need to be armed and guarded um, because otherwise, you know, you're, you're going to be at a loss or you just find that your doctor doesn't take you seriously is so hard. Um, I've been fortunate to find a really good OB who, um, trained in natural family planning methods. So she, she knows what to look for. And when she doesn't, she's totally open to saying, okay, this is a question for your instructor and tell me what you've learned about this, you know, but she's really, um, really good about just her education and, and background with it is, it helps me to know that when I come in with a question, most likely she has the answer and, and just to know that I'm respected in that. But I, I have friends who go to other doctors where, they find that they still have that respect, but their doctor may not be trained in NFP. And so I think that's a huge, a huge thing to be able to find is that even if your doctor does not understand natural family planning or um, is not trained in one of the methods that they're still able to respect it and they see it as something that's valid to be used. Um, I think that sets apart a relationship that you can actually make some progress and then they're open to conducting different tests and they do have a holistic approach to the, the female reproductive system. I think when you're in a position where a doctor just isn't open or they're not willing to do hormonal panels or they find it ridiculous, honestly, it may be a good time to try to find a different doctor, which I know can be really hard. Um, and it's a hard process and a hard journey with insurance and finding who's in network. But I think if you're just continually coming up against a wall, it's not worth to go under that stress. And it's um, not worth it to continually feeling like you have to go into the doctor ready to fight. Um, because I think you can come from different worldviews, but if there's that respect and there's a willingness for the doctor to be open and for you to be open to what they're thinking too, I think it's just a much more, um, it's a, it's a much more pleasant experience, but it also helps you to get answers that you need as well. And that you're not finding, you're just in a position where you can't make movement, you can't make headway. And therefore your health isn't really being prioritized and taken care of. Um, I think something else that I've, I too have had with friends where, you know, they're dealing with really severe acne or they're dealing with really challenging menstrual cramps and, uh, their doctor is generally thinking, okay, hormonal birth control is the way to go. And, um, I've often found a, that, you know, this is most common when a woman is not looking to get pregnant. And so a doctor's fixes hormonal birth control. And that's not to say that's every doctor. Um, but that's a really common or becoming a more common practice. And I think, I think we're going to start seeing that, that change in the tide um, with fertility awareness being recognized more and more because we're seeing um, the wellness culture and just a more holistic approach coming forward in the media and just seeing more and more women sharing their stories and wanting answers that I think, um, you know, if you're willing to, to fight the good fight and you find that you have 
the drive and you want to be able to find um, a way to help educate your doctor and, and bring them along in the journey with you, I think, you know, go for it, do it. But um, I think that really is a hard discernment process to go through and it's a, it can be a hard decision to make, but I think um, you really have to, you have to make sure that you're respected and that a doctor is really, really willing to work with you and walk with you when you are struggling or you are having really challenging cramps or hormonal acne or a really irregular cycle. And they're not just willing to put you on hormones, but they're, they're willing to dig deeper and say, Hey, we need to do a hormonal panel. Hey, we need to like, see what's going on here. You know what? We actually need to do an internal ultrasound exam and see um, if we're, if we're missing something else that's going on. So um, it's not a perfect solution. It can be, a, it's a, again, it's a really frustrating um, position to be in, but I think ultimately, um, if you if you bring the research and they're just still unwilling, it's time to find a new doctor. <laughs> that sounds so harsh, but I think it's just true because otherwise you are you are sitting around and waiting, and there's no reason to do that. Like you are an advocate for your health. This is your body. This is your reproductive system, and you have every right to change where you go in order to find the care that you need. I think it's been incredible in the past couple of years. I've noticed this, especially that so many women are landing in the same place as we are having this conversation, that fertility awareness, knowing how your body works is good. And I've seen so many women, especially like you were mentioning in that I've seen come across the news, come to this, not because of a religious argument, not, not because of the theology, but just because of the holistic health argument. So it's just been really beautiful to see this diversity of places and spaces where the conversation about women's fertility isn't something that they should have to tamp down for everyone else's benefit because it's messy or because they want answers and how really there's just so many varieties of ways that we're coming to this conclusion that our bodies are not broken if they're fertile. And that's been really, I've loved seeing that conversation continue. It's huge. It's so awesome because it's, I think it's just helping women who have found themselves to feel so alone in the process to realize that they're not alone and that other women are frustrated too. And it's good to raise your voice about it. And it's good to make a stink about it. I think, mm-hmm. especially in the doctor's office to, to recognize like there's more, there's more to the story. There's more to my body than just thinking that, like you said, it's messy and it's something that we shouldn't have to deal with. Or like, there's a really easy way to control and keep this clean. And, and you know, that's, that's a really bizarre way to treat a woman's body. And I think we're realizing that like, this just doesn't make sense. This is not a healthier holistic approach and how damaging it is. I I think it really feeds into, you know, negative body culture and not really understanding the worth that we have because it's telling us like, you're messy. This is gross. Clean this up. This is not beautiful. And it's like, what the heck? Like if we're expecting to see positive body culture take place, like we need to be starting in a much more holistic manner with our reproductive health too. For listeners who haven't visited Managing Your Fertility, where can they find this online and what are they going to find on the website? Yeah, for sure. So Managing Your Fertility is a website with a straightforward Instagram handle, Facebook page and website. It's www.managingyourfertility.com. And that's also what we use for social media. So the website is a really great place to start to find resources, to learn more about your cycle and read more about fertility care. And it's a great place to understand, okay, at a, at a high level, okay, how does, how does my body work? What are reproductive health concerns? What's the research available? What are the resources? And then the website builds in and goes deeper into the different methods to be able to compare and contrast the methods that are available. And that's something that's a work in progress that I'm adding more and more to that. Um, I work with the leadership teams on um, a part of different methods and different resources to make sure, you know, I, it makes sense. It's, 
aligned with church teaching. It's also aligned with the science and the methodology. And so making sure that that's vetted and I use um, different individuals have offered to volunteer who are providers and researchers and in the world of natural family planning instructors too, to just make sure, you know, this, this material makes sense. These instructors are legitimate because I really want to make sure what I'm providing isn't questionable for a user that they can just go in and trust what's on the website and they can go in and say, okay, I have what I need. I don't have to do all this cross-referencing. And it's really a place for a woman or a couple to come to, to learn more, to better understand what they're looking for, and then to make that connection to the expert. So I am not the expert. I'm not trained in each method, but I have a good understanding at an overview and can help direct or say, okay, here's where you need to go. Or like, here, you should contact this person. Or, okay, you're looking for an online option for a hormonal-only method. Here are the options that are available. You know, what do you think about these? So it's, it's really helping in that process of narrowing down choices and then making sure they actually make that contact with a practitioner to get the help that they need, which is so rewarding. And I love doing it. It's just been a really it's been a huge gift in just this process of, of walking with women and walking with couples who have questions and being able to see um, just their eagerness to want to learn and just wanting more knowledge about their body. So I really try to provide that in a succinct manner and keep it clean and cle- keep it clear so that it's not too overwhelming. And if you want to go in the weeds, you can, and I provide that information. But if you don't want to, I want to make that as, as visually appealing and understanding as possible so that it's not you're automatically flooded with so much information and it's like okay this is good but i'm still trying to get a grasp for why i would do this um so that that um that process is continual and just revamping and revising and um i just finished up a usability group um to test new web content that i'm going to be rolling out and just making sure you know does this content still make sense anything that you see that you think is missing and and working with women and couples to really hone and refine so that it's really what people want and it's not just my idea of what I think people want. That's so beautiful. I think it's just such a gift for you to be able to have this passion that that you're excited about sharing good quality information and connecting people to resources so that the there aren't couples or women who are sitting there thinking, well I would do this, but I don't have time to sort through twenty plus tabs and try to find all this information online, but to have one place. That is such a gift. It's been awesome just to be a part of it and just to see the the individuals who come to me and they're like, Oh, this is so great. And I just like all glory be to God, because this would not have happened if it hadn't been through my own journey and my own frustrations and really just saying, okay, God, like this keeps coming up. I have a passion for women. I have a passion for healthcare with my background in health communication, but I like, (laughs) I'm not interested in being a doctor and being like hands-on in that way. Like, how can I use this and where do you want me? And just to see this come to fruition and all the people that have come, um, through the prayer that I, that I pray is just like, Lord, send me the right people. And the people that he provides is unreal. And so it's just beautiful to, to see this and just realizing like the surrender that like, if he wants me to do this, I'll do it. And if he wants me to step back, I step back, you know, it's just, it's been really beautiful to see that. And just to see how this website has challenged me in my own marriage to just seeing the different ways in which my relationship is growing and how understanding theology of the body, understanding natural family planning has really shaped my husband and I in the past couple of years too. It's just, it's crazy to see and look back on and see those, those little God winks that are happening throughout. Yeah. Yeah. You're already speaking into this question so beautifully, but I, I'm just, I love this as a idea to wrap up our conversation. When we talk about the feminine genius and we talk about 
what it means to live that out. I think it, it's easy to think it's just it's just a buzzword. It's just a phrase. But but I've seen as I've talked to women in this podcast just how beautifully and uniquely it's lived out in the life of every woman. So how how do you live out the feminine genius in your daily life as a woman who's passionate about fertility awareness and about honoring the dignity of the human body as God created it? I think it's through the conversations that I have with women and just um, leaning into the the passions that I have and that I've been given and just allowing God to work through me and just asking him to work through me. I think it's really easy for me to um, be tempted by and, and get caught up in the imposter syndrome. Like, okay, why am I doing this? I, you know, I don't have the knowledge or like, I'm not, am I old enough to do this? Like I don't have all the, the degrees and the, the background to really speak to this. And I think in those, those moments, you know, a woman comes in and is just like, wow, I love this, this resource. This has been so helpful. Or, you know, someone says something encouraging and it, it just kind of takes me out of that mindset to recognize again, like this is all gift and this isn't something that it's mine and I'm, I'm, and I'm making it and I'm creating it. It's something that, um, is really led through the Holy spirit and through a calling, um, that I want to respond to. And so I think, um, in the process of prayer and just discernment and, and having conversations with, um, like I was saying with women and whether it's on Instagram or it's in person and just having women um, come up to me and just ask questions because they know I do things with NFP or they're like, Oh, I know you do something with fertility or like, you're the NFP lady. <laughs> Someone say that to me at a party. And I was like, I'll take it. Sure. Um, and just to see, just to see like, um, how to lean into that instead of pulling back from it and um, how I, you know, see those connections as gifts rather than like, Oh my gosh, like this person thinks I'm like a doctor or practitioner. It's like, no, this person is just genuinely looking for information. And, and the conversations that come from it are so fruitful. I learned so much and I learned so much more and, and have takeaways that I'm thinking about with my own life, my own fertility and my own marriage. And just to see the gifts that we are to each other in, in opportunities when we're vulnerable and when we're open. And so um, I think just living that out in being authentic and just being willing to share, um, especially in the, in the space of fertility and with whether or not a woman is practicing natural family planning or just curious to not be afraid to speak to it. And not be afraid to talk about it, even if people question it or have no idea what I'm talking about. And I think it's most challenging for me um, in, my, in my work. I work for a local government agency and, and work in public health. And just to be talking about fertility awareness, you know, or someone asks about it, it's like, oh, my gosh, like, okay, how do I how do I share this? But just, again, to remember, like, to be bold and confident, like, this is a calling that God has, has given me but also it's not information for me to hoard and keep to myself. Like this is for everyone. And like, I want people to live in freedom. I want to live in freedom. And um, I think just being courageous and sharing it, which can be so hard, but it's fruitful. It's not a freedom that's meant just for me. It's, it's for all of us to participate in and to tap into the grace. And so just to be able to share that with others is huge. Bridget, thanks so much for coming on the show and talking about, managing your fertility, talking about the story behind it. Thank you for all the the work that you've put into the site, the research. It's just, it is beautiful and it's touching so many hearts. And it was just such an honor to sit down and hear the origin story of it. Thank you so much for having me, Chloe. It was awesome to be with you and just talk through this and, and hear your story too. So thank you so much for all that you're doing and for the work in which you're, you're speaking to women in their lives and helping us to live out our vocations and our callings. 
Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Letters to Women. If you head over to my blog, oldfashionedgirlblog.com, you're going to find the resources and the show notes for everything that Bridget and I mentioned in today's episode. Tune back next week for a letter to the woman navigating the postpartum season of life where I'm sitting down with Elizabeth. She's a postpartum doula and we are talking about all things after the baby comes. So tune back in, make sure you're subscribed on iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast to make sure that you're not missing a new episode of Letter Storm. That's all I have for today's episode. So until the next time that we sit down and talk about what it means to live out the feminine genius in our daily lives as Catholic women, be not afraid.